Hey friend, you are listening to the Vision Driven Health Podcast with me, your host, Robin Ryan McDonald. And last week, I talked about how to read food labels. And I really enjoyed doing that episode because I dug into scripture. We went into Leviticus 11, which I know isn't everybody's primary sought after book of the Bible. Um, but it was really cool to see a lot of you enjoyed that episode. And if you haven't listened to it, I would highly recommend checking it out because it does go hand in hand with today's episode on grocery budgeting. And in that episode, I included a download to my free food label reading guide that walks through what I look for when I read a label, what I avoid, what I like to see, and how to decipher the ingredients. You'll definitely want to have that in hand as you craft your grocery plan and budget after listening to today's conversation. And in this conversation, I honestly felt like it went so smoothly. I really enjoyed talking with Rachel and we even ended up touching on kingdom perspectives on wealth and money that I honestly wasn't expecting to get into, but it turned out to be really good. And I think you have every reason to be excited because this episode is packed with value for you in your health journey. Do you find yourself struggling to consistently implement healthy habits? Do you lack energy, confidence, and motivation because of stress, overwhelm, and shame for having not gotten it together by now? Friend, there is hope and grace for your health. Hey, I'm Robin Ryan McDonald, host of the Vision Driven Health Podcast. I'm a follower of Jesus, a wife, a mama of two, and a seminarian turned health coach. And I'm so excited that you're here. I found myself in my early 20s captive to cravings and convenience, 20 pounds heavier, super tired, with a face full of acne. I could not figure out how to maintain healthy habits until I discovered the power of aligning my choices with God's vision. 10 years and two kids later, by the grace of God, I'm still prioritizing my health and feeling amazing. If you are over quick fixes and are ready to feel good in your own skin, then grab a giant water bottle and let's dive on in. Friends, I am so excited to have Rachel Coons on today. We were just chatting before this. We're already jiving. This conversation is going to be so good. And for those of you who aren't familiar with her... Rachel is a busy mom of four who loves fitness, cooking, and helping moms save on their grocery bill. She has helped thousands of families cut their spending in half while still eating healthy whole foods. I am sure in hearing that you are just excited as I am. I have some very specific questions that I want to know for myself um, in talking with Rachel. So I'm so excited to have you here. Rachel, if you want to share a little bit more about yourself, feel free. Yeah, sure. I, like you said, I'm a busy mom of four and um, my little kids keep me very entertained as well as busy. Um, my husband and I live in Northern California outside of Sacramento. Okay. And we are very involved in our church community. We, I, I teach fitness classes as well. Okay. I have a, a background in health and wellness. That's super important to me. Um, as well as my fitness now. 
And I, like I said, like you said, I help families save on their groceries. That is my one big thing that I have to give to the world. Which is so valuable. And I love that you actually, so Rachel reached out to me at wanting to be on the podcast. And when she said what she does and I checked out her profile, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> like This is <laughs> such a valuable thing for us all to listen to. And so I guess my first question for you is what led you to become so passionate about grocery budgeting? Because I, I personally like the idea of saving money on groceries, but yeah. I don't like the idea <laughs> of budgeting. So, and why do you think budgeting is so important? What fuels that for you? Right. So I didn't actually understand the value in budgeting either until my husband and I started making a good amount of money. Like until we started mm. having a serious income, I've always been a saver and someone that doesn't like to spend money. That's just kind of how I was raised and spending money is really hard for me. So I didn't find the value in budgeting until I realized that I could finally spend money without guilt because mm. budget We've now filled out all of our priorities. We've put our money where we want it to go. And then whatever's left over is like the fun money. It's the stuff that we, that's, I get to spend without guilt. So that was why I really started like diving into the budgeting world. And then as well with grocery budgeting, when my husband and I were sitting down and trying to figure out our budgets and what, you know, what we wanted to spend on each category, I saw our grocery budget as one of the easiest budgets that we could cut drastically. But a lot of times people are spending, you know, depending on your family size, you're spending thousands of dollars every single month. And there's not a lot of budgets that you can like cut in half, right? Right. Kids activities, gas and your cars, you know, car payments, health insurance, those types of things. Those are like set payments. Like I can't do anything to lower it. But groceries, I can lower and I can make it easy and I can do it fast and I can, it can have a huge impact on our finances. So that's when I became super passionate about it. Well, I can imagine you also became super passionate about it because you figured out how to do it. Because right. I'm, <laughs> my whole thing is I, we, you know, we've looked at our budget as well and we've, you know, broken down numbers and it's like, okay, where can we shave off the fat? Like, where can we reduce right. costs? And, when I, when I look at, you know, our budget and, and for me, I care a ton about food quality. I yes. want to get the organic, the grass fed, the pasture raised. And I do know just from my own research and experience and even working with my clients is oftentimes we don't realize that usually we're spending more money eating out with those meals that seem like they're cheap and whatnot. But because it's, you know, you're spending 12, 15, however many dollars per meal, plus then you get the latte or whatever, like that actually does add up a lot versus if you do purchase quality food and cook it from home. But I know for us, I do cook majority of the meals and I still feel like, I, cause you know, I was looking at your content. I was like, I still like, Oh, I think we're still in that range of what you're saying. Like this is too much. You can go lower. So yes. what do you do about quality food and how, how do you still maintain quality while reducing your grocery budget? Okay. So I love this question. This is like one of my favorite questions. And it always comes from someone in the health and wellness industry. It always comes from like, but I have, you know, certain goals. I want to eat these types of food. So there's two answers that I have to this. Okay. First off is everybody looks at budgeting as like restriction, right? Like you're going to set my mm. number, you're going to make it really low and I'm going to have to not do what I want. 
It's exactly how I feel. Your budget (laughs) is not a restriction. Like you get to set the number. Yes, I can give you like a ballpark of where I, we could get you to, but you also get to decide how much you want to spend and what your priorities are. So if your priorities are organic, if your priorities are certain things, then you might have to adjust your number a little bit higher, but that doesn't also mean that you just blow that number out of the water, right? A lot of times people are sitting where they are. Like I actually think my organic and my like super health conscious students save the most money in the program. They're using that as an excuse to stay where they are. Like I, I have to buy organic. That's why I'm spending thousands of dollars every month. But like, no, you can use these tools and you can use my method to save money, but you still get to decide what you cook. I'm not going to tell you what you need to buy. It's not, that's not my decision because everyone's different. It's, it's the method that we use and the routine and the processes that you use that are actually going to get you to save the money. I love that you just straight up called us all out and you're like, (laughs) I said all the love, all the love. (laughs) That's just your excuse for not putting in the time to budget. (laughs) (laughs) But also a lot of the uh, misconception absolutely is that if you want to eat healthy, you have to spend money. You have to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I really try and mold those two worlds together is like, no, I think you can really feed your family healthy, whole, delicious foods and not spend a bunch of money. I'm not telling Amen. you to go on and buy processed foods. I think, I think working that outer rim of, rim of the grocery store is where you should be. You should yeah. be only buying whole foods. You should be using ingredient based, you know, meals and things like that. And that's actually, I think you save more money doing that than buying the cheap, the cheap processed stuff. Uh, yes, I do agree. And I will say one thing that I have loved to do, which does take some education and that's something I do work with my clients on, but is kind of just seeing what's on sale. Cause it's like, you could get a grass fed piece of meat and it's like, you can go there on the right day. And it's like, Oh snap. Like I'm going to buy a whole bunch of this and I'm going to freeze yeah. some of it. And then I'll be like, okay, what can I make with this tonight? And go back over to the produce section. It's like, Ooh, this is on sale too. And it's like, boom, you know, you just put that meal together for some people that feels maybe overwhelming or that's like, ah, oh, but I need a recipe. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know, just throw some salt, pepper, onion powder, garlic powder. Boom. Like <laughs> usually like goes pretty far with most things. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that said, I know from seeing on your content and you mentioned it a couple of times, you have this specific kind of process that you work people through. Can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So it's called the shop method and it's a four step process to get you from overspending to saving on groceries. So shop stands for four different things. And those are the four pillars of my program. It's what I, it's everything that I share comes from the shop method. So we start with S stands for shop the shelf. And it's the idea that like you are shopping your house before you shop the grocery store. Oh, that's good. How many times are we throwing away food in our house? Either it goes bad or you don't eat, you know, you're not eating it or whatever. Or you just are thinking about buying more food before you use up what you have on hand. You know, our pantries are stocked full. When we shop the shelf, initially you're going to cut off hundreds of dollars if you start doing that. So shop the shelf is the first part. Second part is have a plan. We need to have a plan for what we're going to do when we actually do go grocery shop. That includes meal planning. That includes like having a list of items that you always need to have in your house. I call it my essentials list of things that for sure you need to have. Then you have your O, which stands for order. Uh, and that's how you get your groceries from the grocery store to your house in the best 
easiest, simplified cost savings way. And then um, also two-week grocery shopping. So we talk a lot about two-week grocery shopping, spacing out your grocery trips. And then the P of shop is prepare. It's how do we prepare our food so our family actually eat it? And how do we build healthy, nutritious meals while saving money? So that's the whole eight weeks of the program is the shop method. I love that so much. I have a few questions about it. I'm trying to organize them. (laughs) I'm sure you do. (laughs) (laughs) I love the shop the shelf. That is something when I'm telling clients to meal plan or meal prep, I'm like, just go through the, go through the freezer, go through the fridge, go through the pantry, write it all down and see, you know, what we can piece together from there before going to the store. Cause absolutely. I think that's even too, I think a lot of people's hang up on getting whole foods for their meals is they're like, okay, but we all know what happens to the produce. Like it goes bad and you throw it out. So it's like <laughs> literally throwing dozens of dollars away. Yes. Um, and so that's one factor, but when you were saying, and I, again, I, I did, I stalked y'all on your, <laughs> on your Instagram, which we'll talk about uh, where people can follow you afterwards. Cause I know everybody's gonna be like, I want to follow and find out more. <laughs> um, but for the, for the order one, I thought that was interesting. Cause when I think of ordering groceries to my house that seems like a more expensive thing so I would love to hear more on what the logic is behind that yes okay so first off there's lots of ways to order groceries there's Fair. lots of avenues there's lots of different websites to use a lot of grocery stores will offer you to order online and pick up for completely free so there's a way to do it for free you don't have to pay for it um and then you know you can use the avenues that but they charge for it you know like instacart will charge for you to deliver it. But the real thing is every time we go to the grocery store, we take out intentional buying. Like we are giving up our intention to the grocery store. They are so smart at how they organize the store to get you to buy more than you came in for. Mm. That's how that that's what they want, right? So I mean, everybody will probably agree with this. You always buy more than what you plan for. When you go yes. in the grocery store, you see sale items, you see an item that maybe you thought missed. And we don't think about how much we're spending and what's in our cart until we get to the checkout stand. And then, okay, Costco, how many times do we come, pull up to the checkout? And then it's like, I literally came in here for five items and I'm spending $500. Yes. That, that, that <laughs> intentional spending is taken out. So when you order online, even if you have to pay a little bit of money for it, you will save so much money because you are watching what's in your cart, you're double checking, you're making sure that you're staying under budget the whole time. So it's not like you're not checking out when you're a hundred over budget. You're checking out when you know that you're saving money and you're under budget. So that is why, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I online shop, but those are the big money saving reasons. Brilliant. (laughs) I'm like, wow, that is good. I'm thinking, I I mean, also as a mom, right. I'm sure there's mom listeners. Like it is so much easier. You're going to save so much time, so much less stressed when you order online. Like it was life-changing for me with four kids. It's like, I hate taking my children into the grocery store. And when I can just order online, it makes it so much easier. It's actually funny that you mentioned that too, because so my oldest is quote unquote, only three. He's going to be four soon. But he has his own little opinions when we go to the grocery store and he's like, and I, I guess I'm still kind of in that place where it's like, he's like, I really want the cherries. And I'm like, okay, baby, I'll get you the cherries. But then I'm like, wait a second. Like you said, like five of these items in here are Reese editions that 
I wasn't yes. planning on getting that he yes. saw and he wanted to put in. And so I can definitely see how ordering just can is just another layer of control and another layer of like of intentionality with intentionality, the process. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Yep. Awesome. I guess I'm skipping around here because I want to go back to ha- having a plan. Yeah. Uh, and so can you just speak a little bit more on what that plan entails? Because I think, you know, I can kind of come up with my own mind. of like, okay, what I would think a plan going into it is, but from your perspective. Yeah. So the way that you meal plan matters. A lot of people are like, well, I'm meal planning and I'm still overspending. Not all meal plans are the same and we have to get really intentional about what we're meal planning and how we're meal planning. And so that comes from like, you're using that shop the shelf idea. You're using your essentials list. You're using like everything that you have on hand to build that meal plan. And what kind of recipes am I looking for? So many times, everybody likes to complicate things, right? We we just want, want it to be complicated because again, I think that helps us stay stuck. Because we're afraid of getting outside of our comfort zone. We want it to be complicated. But if we simplify it and we're like, hey, a meal, all you're looking for in a meal is a as a protein, a carb, and a produce item. Your your protein doesn't have to include this like sauce and everything, and you know, salt and pepper, salt and pepper on some chicken. Like you can keep it really, Which is really, really good. Edible. Right. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we're building our plan around that, now that doesn't mean that you can't experiment, especially when people love to cook and they mm-hmm. love to experiment. There's for sure you can use recipes and, and go that way, but just simplifying the process. I see a lot of people that are like, oh, I get so overwhelmed because I have to think of seven meals in a week. And I'm like, don't meal plan seven meals. Why are we cooking seven nights a week? That seems insane to me. That seems yeah. like you're, you're going to hit burnout so fast. Yeah. So let's, instead, let's cut that down to four or five meals a week. You're just meal planning four to five meals a week. And that'll get you through the week. We're using what we have on hand. And then I also space out meal planning every two weeks. So mm-hmm. I'm not meal planning every week. I mm-hmm. do it every two weeks. And I don't have to do it twice a month. I sit down. I give myself the headspace for 30 minutes. Get it done. Because nobody likes meal planning. Like it's mm-hmm. not fun for anybody. So let's simplify it. Let's make it easier. Let's do it less often. Love it. That's so good. And I like, I do appreciate the, that you keep bringing up. There's, I think for most people, a subconscious pushback or resistance to what's uncomfortable and to change. And I experience that a lot when I'm working with clients, even obviously on the health front or the fitness front, yeah. which I'm sure you've encountered as well, where you know, all these excuses and things come up, but it, then it's, you know, you like, well, what about this? And you kind of bring up different solutions and you realize it's, it's that innate thing that we have within us to try to gravitate towards what is most comfortable, what's familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And I always say, and I, I'm not someone who promises, you know, results from, you know, your health, nutrition, fitness without some work up front. It does take work. It does take practice. It does take intentionality. However, after putting in that time and learning, like you said, some of those simple methods, realize kind of dispelling the overwhelm and realizing it actually doesn't have to be that difficult. You're telling me for an hour a month, somebody could do all of their meal planning, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and same thing, like even for, and then, and this is off, this feeds into people eating cleaner and same thing with people saying they don't have time to go to the gym or work out. And I'm like, well, can, you know, do you have 10 minutes to go for a walk three times a day? Like there's, there's always a way to make it work when we're willing to pause and think it through. 
So I, I, I love that you've got that built into there and how you're leading and guiding people in their meal planning. So with that said, here, and, and you kind of have touched on this, but this is a big question I have. So when it comes to nutrient density, you're, you definitely hit on, you know, the budgeting factor for maybe increasing the budgeting based on your priorities for organic or grass fed. But when it comes to nutrient density, a lot of people, especially women and kids in particular, are very low in protein. And I'm of the opinion that the best way to increase protein is to increase your meat consumption. My husband is a former NFL football player. He's six foot five, 260 pounds. I'm six feet tall. My three-year-old is like the size of a six-year-old and eats like an adult. So my question for you is, I feel like I need to have a cow in our backyard producing that gallon of milk in order to supply <laughs> what we need as a family, which maybe, yeah. hey, maybe that's your top tip. No, I'm just kidding. So how, <laughs> how do we get enough food and meat specifically within a grocery budget to accommodate what our, like, our actual needs are? Yep. Yep. Okay. So first off, like again, not restriction, right? We're not restricting yes. based off of what you need. So if you need the protein, if, if that is the priority for you, then it's okay. It doesn't mean that you, <laughs> just because you're going higher than maybe somebody else would, doesn't mean you don't have a budget. You're still on yeah. a budget. It's not bad. But then also protein options, like there's a lot of protein options out there mm-hmm. and they're not created equal. I could get all my protein from fish and salmon and spend, you know, $10 a pound, or I could be getting my protein options from chicken breast and be spending like two to $3 a pound, right? So there's, there's such a wide range of where we're getting our protein. Not to say that you can't use those higher cost protein options, but when you're really trying to save, but and and get your protein, you're just going to try and go towards those like lighter, cheaper protein options. Eggs are another huge one. Egg whites, eggs, like, okay. So six months ago, eggs were so expensive and now they've gone down a ton. You can get, I can get five dozen eggs for like $8 right now. And I mean, this isn't, that's not like cage free or whatever, but that's just like eggs (laughs) or like the egg whites that you get at Costco. Those are so cheap and protein packed. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I have clients who are really trying to get that protein up, then just mm-hmm. focus more on the low cost protein options. That's a really good tip. And it's funny that we, we are actually looking at our moving into a new place. And one of the big standards that I have is to have enough land to have chickens. Cause we yes. as a family, we go through three to four dozen eggs a week easily. And, and I do want to get the pasture raised. And so that ends up being closer to, you know, like six, $7 a dozen. Mm -hmm. And depending on how many chickens you have, you could get a dozen eggs in a day or two. Right. And so of course you have to take care of and everything, but I'm, it's so worth it. Yes. I know. I want it so bad. Uh, but I think, you know, that, that is a good tip though, because again, even I appreciate that you're continuing to kind of redefine the narrative because I'm yes. like, okay, so how can I do this? If I want to eat healthy, there's no way. Or how can I get enough protein if I can't eat, you know, yes. however many pounds of salmon, which we we don't eat a ton of salmon, but, right, to, right, you know, right, right. but you're like, okay, well, what if you increased your budget, you know, or you set a budget and maybe it's more than the person who isn't eating grass fed, but it's still saving you money because right now you're not budgeting or yes. even for, yes. you know, let's look at some of those cheaper protein options because then you can still increase your protein. And like I, what I'm hearing you say 
at the end of the day is just so much intentionality and putting in the time and the work to assess where's the money going. And I think that is a practice, myself included, that I think so many of us resist. And yet, and I'm feeling, I'm convicting myself as I'm saying this because I'm like, <laughs> my, my big thing as a believer, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means as being believers. I'm like, I'm all about body stewardship. Like I'm like, God has given us this calling. He has entrusted us with whoever is in our life and the gifts and talents that we have. We need to take care of our bodies in order to have the energy and vitality to do what he's called us to do. And at the same time, we must also steward our finances. And I think in the name of health, I'm like, oh, but I'm like you said, like it's an excuse not to take the time to budget for those things. And so I will just do a a blanket, like bigger amount, like, oh yeah, we just always spend this much Mm -hmm. instead of looking at exactly, you know, counting it all up, doing the, you know, cost and all those different things. So I'm Rachel, I'm convicted. What you're saying. I'm it. convicted and I'm in. I'm a, this is so good. So <laughs> with that said, I would love to hear what role does your relationship with Jesus play in your consistency in meal planning and even your passion for grocery budgeting? Okay, so I love what you said about being stewards, right? Mm-hmm. We are disciples of Christ. We are trying to they spread his love, spread his message, but also live here on earth and be in our bodies and take care of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And I think that I cannot do good. I cannot do that with a healthy body, with a healthy financial situation. And so I just want to, I, I just believe in abundance. Like the grace of God is in our life. And when we just think of abundance in everything, I, I, and I also love the idea that like the food that we eat is from God, right? Like he grows the plants. He, he created the animals. Like it's all going, it all ties back to him. And so when we just really become good stewards over that, we become like God, like we become God-like in that. And I think it connects us to him as well. Absolutely. And really, yeah, becoming more like Christ in our decisions and and the ways that we are making choices, like you said, that stewardship. And I also love that it it feels ironic that you're talking about budgeting and abundance because it doesn't seem like you're supposed to go in the same category. (laughs) Yes. But at the same time, it does. It does. Because I think of that again, obviously, I'm always coming back to my context with health. You know, people always are afraid to quote unquote eat healthy because it feels too restrictive, right? Yep. Same thing that we're talking about, like people don't want to budget because it feels too restrictive. But what I emphasize with people is actually when you are intentional and you are making choices for your health in alignment with your vision for your health, you're actually creating so much more freedom and mm-hmm. even motivation And you're tapping into, like you're talking about, like the abundance of God, the provision of God. And even for, again, on the health front, like the healing that's possible when we partner with him. And so that that applies to our finances too. And Jesus talked the most about finances and money and not in the like, you're, and I, and I I will say too, I'm going to say this since we are talking about the topic of money and I probably may or may not talk much about money in this podcast in the future, but I think there's a misconception about money in the church where because 
the early church maybe didn't have as much or was dependent on funds in a certain way that it's like, oh, Christians aren't supposed to have money or make money or we're just supposed to all be scraping by. And I really believe, well, I know there are some dark, evil people out there who make a ton of money, who are influencing all the different spheres of society, who have an evil agenda. And if the devil can convince Christians that we don't need money and that we are supposed to remain poor, then how are we to be in any sort of competition or even be in the authority that we have as as children of God and being in his kingdom to stand against that, to have the wealth to sow into kingdom things? Yes, 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 yes. So good. I like, this is so funny because I've actually been doing like a deep dive into this because I like, I feel like I was raised with the idea that like money is the root of all evil. Yes. That's not true. Money is bad. But then when you step back and you're like, but I can't do good unless I have money, unless I like have, have the financial success. I can't do a lot of the good that I want to do if I'm just scrimping and getting by. Like I need that abundance in order to continue to further the abundance of goodness. Right. And in that passage, that verse, it gets twisted. It says the love of money is the root yes. of all evil. And yes. so, yeah, absolutely. And we, you can't serve both God and money. Amen. Yes. I'm interested in serving Jesus and I'm interested in, in taking hold of finances as a tool or money as a tool to do what he's called me to do. And yes, can we do good without money? Absolutely. Because I know people are going to be like, you yes. can't yes. do good yes. without yes. money. Yes. But yes. I heard I heard your correction though. You're like, I can't do the things I want to do. And I, and we are limited. We, yeah. we, we become limited and we become dependent on others versus being a source. Mm-hmm. And I really think that when we tap into God and his grace and his direction, he mm-hmm. can. And, and, and this is not a prosperity gospel thing. Cause I know you're probably going to be feedback yeah. on that too. It's <laughs> not, it's not even yeah. to there's, there's different examples of different people throughout scripture who God did give increasing wealth to, to Abraham, to Solomon, different Kings. We, I mean, we see it across the board and it's, and it was for the sake of building up God's people to do what they are called to do. That is when it is used in the right way. So anyways, good. This is good. With great power comes great responsibility, right? Amen. I I love that. So with that said, thank you so much for sharing. And folks, I really, I hope that you have gotten a lot from this conversation with Rachel. And I also want you to be able to take advantage of what she offers. So I know you had mentioned already your, you have your eight week program, you have the shop method, but I also know that you have a freebie that Uh you can offer. So if you could share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I just, a lot of people struggle with like, how do I meal plan? How do I save money? And how do I eat healthy while doing it? Mm -hmm. So I just created a PDF. It's five meals for $50. There's the grocery list for all the ingredients that you need, the recipes, and then you could just literally take that grocery list, order your groceries, and it's like a week of eating your dinners for 50 bucks. So that's a great resource that everybody loves. You can get it for free. Um, I have it linked in my social media, so my Instagram and my TikTok. Perfect. And I will put the links to those in the show notes so you all can just go right in there and click. I know I'm going to go right in there and click and get that for myself (laughs) and awesome. And then as far as if people are interested in working with you for your program, same thing, they go to your social media. Yeah. The program only launches twice a year. So we have the Lex launch will be in the fall. So if you get on the wait list for it, you'll get updates and then you'll, you'll know when that is available. That's awesome. I love that there's that 
like exclusivity and there's a wait list yeah. to it. I, I put a lot into the program. Uh, it's an extensive eight weeks. So I just, I space it out, make sure you really want to do it and get in there, get the eight weeks, get it done. Awesome. Very cool. Like I said, all of this will be in the show notes. Rachel, thank you so much for reaching out and for bringing such value to the podcast and sharing your passion and your insights on this topic. Well, I'm so glad you let me come on, Robin. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Vision Driven Health Podcast today. I hope this episode inspired you, supported you, and blessed you in some way. If it did, it would mean the world if you would leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts and share this episode on your social media. The more reviews and shares this gets, the more people can be blessed and encouraged in creating a Jesus-centered, sustainable, healthy lifestyle. If you want to hang with me and other Jesus-loving ladies who are creating healthy habits that last, be sure to join my free Facebook group, The Madewell Mastermind. Use the link in the show notes to join. Be blessed with hope, joy, and health. I'll see you next week. Again, the Vision Driven Health Podcast is under the umbrella of Mabel Health Incorporated. The content on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended for medical advice. It does not take the place of medical advice or treatment from a physician. Listeners should consult their own doctor or a qualified healthcare professional for specific health concerns and questions.